Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I felt like my dreams have been absolutely crushed. She's a social media star boasting four million followers. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hey, guys. Hi, guys. Saffron Barker has taken the internet by storm. Her story is really one of the ones that's almost like a Disney star. Like it feels so in the limelight, so young. I tried to vlog in school as much as I could. From the age of 15, it became like my full-time job. I filmed my life every day for two and a half years straight. There was times where I really did want to go out to the parties that all my friends were going to, but I decided to put my career first. How did that affect your mental health? Um, I felt like I was just evolving my whole life around what other people thought of me. No one wanted to go, but we'd just do it for the video. If I made a video where I'm crying versus where I'm really happy, well, the one that's gonna get more views is the one that I'm crying. If you could go back and talk to you, I guess, at that age, what would you have told yourself? I've actually never been asked that. That is a huge career-changing thing to land. It's actually really sad, because like I get good news, and then I'm like, great, but now I'm gonna get so much hate. There was a lot of people that was like, she doesn't deserve to go on the show. There was actually Paps going through our outside bins at the time. What did you have to do for the Strictly audition? Um, that's so mean. <laughs> What is up guys and welcome back to the podcast. Today we have Saffron Barker on the podcast. I really wanted to be able to talk to her particularly about the difference I guess between first of all growing up online. I feel like her story is really one of the ones that's almost like a kind of Disney star. Like it feels so in the limelight, so young, so constantly and also with a really young audience which also having your peers who are also young feeding back on everything you're doing, I can imagine that was a huge amount of pressure from a really young age. But then I also want to talk about the shift from that into really, really mainstream. So obviously Saffron went on Strictly, which is a huge boost into mainstream media. And I can imagine that, you know, really, really changed her life and the type of press she was getting. I don't just mean that in terms of publicity. I mean that in terms of hate as well. She talks about the fact that there was points where people and the press and paps and everything were literally going through bins outside hers and her relatives houses and stopping her relatives in public and everything to try and get dirt essentially which is a really incredible kind of one of a kind shot into success story so I hope you really enjoy this episode and as always if you do enjoy it please make sure to rate and subscribe and follow or literally whatever you're meant to do on whatever platform you're on because I don't know what platform you're on and as always I hope you have a wonderful day Influencer, YouTuber and podcast host Saffron Barker has taken the internet by storm with a YouTube following of almost 3.5 million subscribers across her two channels, as well as 1.8 million Instagram followers. Saffron is well loved for her engaging content. Stepping into the TV spotlight when she joined the 17th series of Strictly Come Dancing with dancing partner AJ Pritchard, she's made the leap into the mainstream after a string of TV appearances, taking part in Celebrity Hunted and the Celebrity Circle. At the young age of 23, Saffron has completed what some people might dream of of achieving, ticking off life goals, buying and renovating her own house, traveling the world, and even bringing out home and clothing lines. In this episode, we go behind the scenes of her journey to fame, chatting about what it's like to be catapulted into such young success, what she feels she could have done differently, and how she coped with transitioning from online platforms to mainstream media. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to have you. I 
have a lot to ask you about. I would love to know from the very beginning a little bit about yourself in early life, whether you thought this would be a career that you'd like necessarily go into. I've heard you were in a girl band. (laughs) I want to hear all about it. (laughs) I guess when I was younger... I always loved to perform, mm. you know, like most young girls, like I was always making shows for my mom and my dad and whatever else. I was never academic. I'm dyslexic. I didn't really enjoy school. Mm-hmm. And so I always thought that like in some way I would entertain. Obviously, I didn't really think I'd be doing YouTube because it wasn't even a job right, when I was course. originally in, like when I was first in school. So I guess that's something I fell into. However, as soon as I started YouTube, I knew that it was very quickly going to be my career. Yeah. So tell me about the girl band for a second. I want to hear some background <laughs> on that. I mean, I just always sang when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Like I would always sing. I was adamant I was going to be a singer. Right. To be fair, I've always been very driven. I've always been so lucky because I've always known what I've wanted to do mm-hmm. from the age of four. I was singing I thought I was going to be a singer that was it yeah and so yeah I was in a girl band with three of my best friends Mm -hmm. and like we would travel to London all the time and it was quite like serious that we'd work with like really good people in the industry and like yeah there was kind of like a plan to release us when we was 18 and everything else and then we were spoken about so much in school that we got so much stick from it right that you know a lot of the girls just didn't really want that anymore and you know they had boyfriends everything else I wasn't so much like that because I kind of thought well I have no other choice because this is all I've set out to be right is be a singer so I can't have a boyfriend like I can't do any of that (laughs) stuff like I don't care if people talk about me in school like I have to make it as a singer because quite frankly I don't think I'm good at anything else that was just like my mindset we kind of split when I was 14 which sounds so young I really thought that was going to be a career. And then very quickly, and I'm talking like a few days after, I started on YouTube. Oh, really? That's so interesting. And at the time when there was the decision to split the girl band, how did you like feel about that? And how did that kind of affect you at that stage? First of all, I was heartbroken because I felt like my dreams have been absolutely crushed. It just made me realize that if something doesn't go your way in life, like there's always always another another path, like there's always another way. And I think it probably just made me more focused and determined because I think before when I was in a girl band, as well as it being us, and I know we were super young, we were 14, but like, you know, we had each other to rely on. Like when we're training in London, like we had each other. Whereas I kind of thought, well, I'm going to have to do it by myself now. Mm. And I only have myself to rely on. So like, I'm really, really going to have to be focused. Mm. So I think it definitely affected me because I was so driven from yeah. that point onwards. Cause I was like, I'm going to have to find something else to do. I only have myself. And so I'm going to have to like literally put a thousand percent into it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so when you started your YouTube, what was the kind of content that you were coming out with in the first year I guess I was just doing vlogs honestly so I started vlogging on an iPhone on a selfie stick at the time there wasn't really many YouTubers so I've been doing it for eight years now and there was like Zoella Alfie but other than that there really wasn't many Mm. and everyone was a lot older than me how old are you now sorry I'm 23 now right yeah so when I started I was 14 yeah and then I was just turning 15 way back in the beginning yeah 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 so I feel like there was those guys doing it, but there was no one my age really right. doing it. I tried to vlog in school as much as I could without <laughs> yeah, getting told off. Well. Yeah, it didn't go down that well. 
well. I think, you know, people would watch me relating to me because right. I was just a normal teenage Because there wasn't girl. a lot of that like, at the time. Yeah. What was the point that you started to see it, I guess, really take off? So I was really lucky because it took off quite quickly for mm-hmm. me. And my boyfriend at the time was also doing YouTube. So we kind you of- You can't like, have a boyfriend together. when you're on YouTube. Exactly. To clarify, <laughs> not if you're in a girl band, but you can if you're on YouTube. Apart from your whole life is shared online. But yeah. Yes. No, fair enough. But it's better. It's good for the image. <laughs> we kind of like grew together at that time. And so I actually grew very quickly. I would say the point that I was like, oh my goodness, this can be my job. I missed my dance exam in school because Nickelodeon wanted to fly me out for the Kids' Choice Awards. Wow. And so I think that was like the point where I was like, oh my goodness, like yeah, this like could this be something. Huge. It was quite a big deal for my mum at the time as well to like let me miss my exams to go fly out and do that. Yeah. Um, so that was probably the point where I was like, oh my goodness, and I was still in school. And then to be honest, I didn't really do much of the last year in school because I was here, there and everywhere. Right. To be honest, from the age of 15, it became like my full-time job. Yeah, Um, so young. I filmed my life every day for two and a half years straight and I think I missed two days in the two and a half years and I would edit them myself as well at 15, so. Yeah, that is crazy. When you think of a 15-year-old essentially acting Mm self-employed, just doing these things, (laughs) like getting the workload out and also, sure, no one's telling you to reach a deadline. If you don't get it in by that day, like, as you know, like you wouldn't have got the views or like people might have mm-hmm. fallen off or like whatever it might be. I mean, it must have taught you a lot at that age mm-hmm. about really just like, you get out what you put in. Yeah, yeah, You yeah, really 100%. just have to like, you have to tick these boxes. And if you're not, like you're not going to get where you need to get. That's actually yeah. like a fierce feedback loop to have at that age. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because I was so young and I was living at home, mm. I had my mum that would help me film stuff. Right. She would basically say to me, you know, you can go to that party, but then I'm not going to help you film. Right get out what you put in right and also she would always remind me and I think this still goes to this day I still think this like it's one of those jobs that could easily never last forever 100% there's always someone new to follow like if you know if I stop for three months well someone will just go find someone else to watch Mm. I think that's the probably one of the hardest things with our job is you have to be so consistent especially now everyone's doing it oh my god 100% yeah half of my friends from home are now influencers really yeah it's crazy I mean I'm sure you probably know more people that are doing social media than aren't at this point so like now more than ever it's just about consistency because Mm. people will just go find someone new to watch it's that easy you talk about your mum and talk about how she obviously allowed you to fly out like missing your drama exam all of these different things why do you think she was so I guess encouraging at that age I think my mum also knew she's gonna make it in entertaining or performing in some way and my mum was really invested when I was in the girl band like she was literally like a momager (laughs) basically like she would drive and pick us up all day every day take us everywhere and she was so invested in it and I think she saw how heartbroken I was by that at such a young age and so I think she thought okay well if she's going to invest her time in this I'm going to invest my time in helping her she could never see me you know work in an office job like she just knew that wasn't really my strengths right not saying I couldn't but it wasn't really my strengths so I think she just saw that and obviously she's my mom so she wanted to help me in any way that I could she was quite tough on me but I think it's obviously the best thing that's ever happened because she's the person that's kept me grounded and also I honestly don't think I'd be where I was if it wasn't for her because you know there was times where I really did want to go out to the parties that all my friends were going to, but I decided to put my career first and that right. was because of my mum also, as well as myself. But yeah. 
Yeah. And how much do you think it affected your career having a mum who was that supportive? Oh, massively. I think definitely at the age that I started, people enjoyed seeing my family like in my videos. And I think that would also be a huge factor as another reason as to why I grew because it was just a normal family Mm -hmm. that I guess people again could just relate to. The kind of year of your GCSEs, you were kind of here, there and everywhere. What types of things were you doing? A lot of carpets, but again, Nickelodeon, Disney, that sort of stuff, which even I look back and I'm like, that's actually crazy that I did that at that age. And so at that age, what did you think your career, I guess, was going to turn into? Because that's a lot of like quite mainstream things to be doing, to be going to like those big companies like Disney and Nickelodeon. What did you see at that age that your career, I guess, would turn into? I kind of always knew that I would fall into mainstream media Mm. because like that's always what I wanted to do was either like to sing or dance or act. So I think I always knew that was my end, end, end goal. I wasn't really sure how I was going to get there. I kind of just thought that being online and having an online presence doing YouTube would just help me. Right. I think I kind of just took it more in the moment, like let's yeah. work hard today and then hopefully at some point I'll get there. Yeah, and these cool things will come along and whatever yeah. it might be. You left school after that point. Did you go straight into doing YouTube full-time online? Like I said, I didn't really even do the last year of school. Mm. Like I celebrated like all of my friends on mm. the last day, but I mean, I was rarely there Yeah, because I was just so busy. And also... I guess this probably isn't the best mindset to have, but I was just kind of in the headspace of what is the point in going to my science class when, quite frankly, I will never do anything to do with Mm. science. And, like, the options that I chose in school was just so terrible. Like, Mm. I chose triple science and I don't even enjoy it. Mm. So I was like, what is the point of me going to this class when I could be making a video at home? Mm. And it was a time where, although vlogging was big, it was more like challenges and like trendy stuff that people would do so as well as me vlogging seven times a week I'd also do like two extra videos. like extra videos and normally it was acting it was like skits I'd look I'd look like the worst things but yeah so like it would take me sometimes a week or like three days to like make these videos because I'd like act out different characters and like scenarios yeah (laughs) yeah and if you could go back and talk to you I guess at that age before you've left school you're obviously like your concentration shifting away from school a bit what would you have told yourself I would probably say don't care so much what people think of you I got so much sick in school and I still carried on because I did care like there were days where I'd come home crying like Mm. I remember there was this trend at the time, I'm sure you remember like what's in my bag. And I remember I did like a what's in my school bag and I got into class and everyone around me is going, I'll suggest what's in your school bag, like taking the piss. So like there were times where I would cry, but mm. I still didn't let it, you know, yeah. get the best of me because I, I'm still here and I still carried on. But I probably would have said, you know, it's, it's going to be all right. Like it is worth sticking to it and mm. doing what you're doing. And so when you left school and you concentrated on going full time, what did those next few years really look like for you? Because obviously, I mean, it's been seven years since you left yeah, school. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I feel so old. <laughs> and, it, and during that time, what were kind of the first few years like? I felt like, although I had less followers than I do now, I felt like I had more followers then than I do now. Like they, I'd say from like the age 17 to 20 were like the craziest years of my life. Like now my life feels so much more tame than it did back then. I was taking up every opportunity I could ever get. And also because there was less people online at that point, people really fangled over YouTubers, like any YouTuber, because there wasn't really many of them. So it was a way 
bigger deal. So I remember I had three collections in Primark. I think I was 17, 18, 19 when they came out. Mm -hmm. And that was like crazy. And then I went on a book tour. I did a tour for all the Primark collections. So basically I was doing everything. I was like here, there and everywhere. And it was mm. just crazy. And were you happy throughout that time? Like, was it exactly what you had envisioned it would be? I got to a point where like, I did hit burnout towards the end because it was so much, like it was so full on. And also where I was vlogging my life every single day, I got to a point where I felt like people thought they knew me better than I knew myself. And I definitely got to a point where I had overshared so much. So although it was amazing throughout those years, I just hit a point where I was like, oh my God, people are expecting so much of me. Like if I didn't upload at a certain time, because I would always upload at four o'clock every day. And if I didn't upload at four o'clock, like I would get abuse, like so much abuse, like you're two minutes late or you're five minutes late. I can't believe you. Like mm. you're not that into it anymore. You forgot about us. Like yeah, it was just, it was just a lot. Yeah, so. I can imagine that is a lot of pressure. And I also can imagine when your following would be a little bit younger. It's these kids who are at school who love you so much. And they're saying it out of like love and frustration for the fact that they can't watch a video <laughs> and they want to watch yeah, a video. Yeah, yeah. But it is also like that younger audience always is, I guess, like a little bit more intense in yeah, that definitely. way so it definitely has like the benefits of that in terms of you know that's an amazing audience to have like supporting you but I can imagine also would have been pretty stressful at times yeah and and how did that affect your mental health yeah it affected it quite badly to be fair I mean again I was so lucky because I had such an amazing support system like being my family and also my family very slowly were becoming online themselves so luckily I had them my life evolved around the vlogs that was the difference like now when I'm blogging I'm just blogging genuinely what I'm doing like some days are amazing some days aren't but then it'd be like right what are we going to do tomorrow for the vlog and everything evolved around what we're going to do for the video to the point where my whole family was like had to do this too you know I'd be like everyone come on we all have to go to the trampoline park when no one wanted to go mm. but we'd just do it for the video it was just emotionally just quite draining mm. at one point and then that's kind of when I decided to take a step back and not vlog every single day mm. so I'd love to hear what that really felt like like what those signs were that you were really like hitting that point mm -hmm. and how that kind of manifested and like what types of feelings you were having at that point I guess I just felt like I was having to like play up to a character that I wasn't and also when I was filming myself obviously I was getting older like all of us there was constant that like you've changed there was that constantly right and which so you'd I hope felt from like, someone would you hope so you're growing older to. like you're getting older like yeah, obviously like, everyone changes in life right. but um there was a lot of that and that really affected me I just felt like I was having to be someone I wasn't anymore I think that just took a toll on me I felt like I was just evolving my whole life around literally what other people thought of me mm. I think a lot of the realization came when like people would come up to me and I love meeting people even to this day like people do just sometimes just come over and hug me which is really nice but like sometimes I'd be like whoa like introduce yeah. yourself first because I'm thinking do I know this person yeah, yeah, as yeah. well a consensual um, side of it, for sure I think I just felt really drained and mm. I was just 
exhausted or then sad and I didn't want to do it and then it just became such a chore Mm. so So you decided to take a step back how did you talk to your following about that I don't really think it was anything mentioned Mm. I think I was probably too scared at the point Mm. to even mention that so I think it was just something I just gradually stopped doing Mm. in the market for investment worthy bags watches and fine jewelry rebag is the answer Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And I'd like to talk a little bit about you having a very public relationship at that time. Mm-hmm. Could you talk a little bit about the experience of, I guess, even just like from the beginning of deciding you were going to share your relationship? I'm sure it was probably like an automatic thing at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how that, I guess, grew from that point. Well, with my boyfriend, when I first started out, obviously he was doing the same thing as me. I don't even think we really thought about it. It never really affected me in any way when I was that age. I was so used to sharing my life online and it was so exciting. Even like my last relationship that I was in at this age, I shared it online. As I've got older, it's definitely a whole different experience to what it was like when I was younger. And what did you find, I guess, particularly tough about it in the most recent one, I guess, in comparison to then? Again, I think it goes back to people thinking they know your your relationship better than I did. Also, it's hard, isn't it? Because we all know we only film like 15 minutes of our day and... I wouldn't really care if somebody ever makes a comment about me. Like I'm very thick skin. I've, I'm used to it. I've done it for so many years. But I think when you're throwing your boyfriend into that limelight, it's a lot for them to take on. Mm. And my boyfriend was not like on social media. He did not do that at all. And so to get him in on that and then for him to get, I don't know, people commenting on him, you know, what he looks like, what he does, what he sounds like, everything like that. I felt like I had to take that on as well because it was like my responsibility. Mm. Um, So that just caused a lot of stress. Mm. And also as well, when he would go out in public, he would now get recognized. Like Mm. his whole life was so different. Mm. Um, Like he'd constantly get asked for photos and people would know who he was and he never asked for that. And I kind of threw him into it. And how was your first breakup that you had in the limelight? Oh, awful. That was the worst thing ever. It didn't end very well. There was a lot of like rumors and stuff that my boyfriend had cheated on me. And obviously everyone was so invested because, you know, we'd shared a whole relationship online. And I was so heartbroken. Like I literally had my heart. Like every 13, 14 year old when they're in a relationship thought I was going to marry the guy. So I was absolutely heartbroken. And then on top of that, I had a million people giving their opinions on who had cheated on who and who Mm. had done what and who's in the wrong. I mean, there was like, 
YouTubers giving their opinions on it and like videos about it. And it was just, yeah, it was actually crazy looking back because I don't even think people would do that now. Like, I just don't know. That's the thing. Like, I feel like YouTube then, although it was smaller, felt so much bigger because um, I think there was just less people to be invested in. Thankfully, a lot of people ended up seeing, you know, really what had happened. And I actually did get a lot of support and a lot of love from it. Really, it was the best thing that ever happened because it just pushed me to just go on by myself and become my own person. So, mm. And how old were you when that happened? God, I don't know. We were together for two years. Right. So, so I don't know. Yeah, 16, I guess. Mm. So, And how did you deal with your, I guess, your mental health at that time? Were you sharing your going through that breakup in terms of like times when you were sad, times when you're kind of processing of it? Do you know what? I shared a lot of my life when I was sad. Mm. But I don't really think I did share much of the breakup. Right. It was probably um, too close like to the bone. I was so heartbroken, yeah. I still didn't want him to get hate because I just know how awful social media could be. So if I sat there and was like, yep, the rumors are true, this, that, and everything else, I knew that he would get so much hate. And I just don't think anyone deserves that, mm. like no matter what you've done. Like I just wouldn't wish that upon anyone. Mm. So I also didn't like say anything for that reason so I actually kept really really quiet about the whole thing which probably dragged it out longer mm. really because everyone had a million questions but yeah I mean I was so so heartbroken I lost so much weight like I was the tiniest I've ever been in my life you know what it's like when you go through a breakup yeah, yeah, you yeah. just affects like your whole world right? oh 100% so. yeah of course and I want to talk about that point I guess you know you say it was like a bit of a springboard for yourself to go out on your own and a few years later you have a bit of time off for or you know just stopping daily vlogging and all of that after that point how did you get back into it and like how did you protect I guess your boundaries mm -hmm. in order to make sure you weren't burning out again did you throw yourself right back into daily vlogging or well I never really fully stopped I think that was the thing mm. like, I never stopped I just stopped doing it as much as I was like what I was doing was just so much I guess I just would upload when I wanted to upload mm. I just had a realization moment of like okay I'm not really doing this for me anymore there was days where I, w I would film when I didn't want to film but it's also my job so mm. like people go to work every day when they don't want yeah. to go to work like I'd still have to do that but I just kind of got to a point where I was like this is a lot it's taken a lot of my mental health so I guess there wasn't really a moment where I was like right I'm gonna get back at it again mm. there was never really that so talk to me about from that point that timeline to the point that you went on Strictly I want to hear a little bit about I guess what what happened in between that time what stage your career was at how you were kind of feeling at that time before you obviously got catapulted very much into the mainstream mm -hmm. there wasn't really any like time in between that and Strictly that I was doing anything different like I was still uploading every week just not as much doing the same thing I was just really lucky with how I got Strictly. I got told like very close to the show airing. Definitely a surprise. There was nothing like major that happened in my life before I got that show. Mm. That did change my life. So. so let's talk about that. How did you find out that you got Strictly? Okay, so for some context, I always, always watched Strictly. I absolutely loved the show. Like I said, I've always wanted to sing, dance, act. I had said to my management, my dream is to go on Strictly. Like, please, please, please. And I knew that they had other people that had gone on Strictly before. A week later, I got a phone call saying, we've got you a meeting with the guys from Strictly. And I literally couldn't believe it. And I was like, 
I'm going to get Strictly. Like, I just know it's going to happen. Then had like an audition and stuff and didn't hear back for a couple of weeks. Mm. And then I just got told, okay, so like, if you get it, you'll get a phone call. But if not, then you won't. I knew a day that I would find out by, um, and I probably would get a phone call. My manager said that like, you know, she'll let me know if I get it or if I don't get it, like she'll find out. And I remember I just left the gym, just got out of gym class the whole time I'm thinking, oh no, this is the first time I've thought maybe I'm not going to get it now because we really haven't got that long. And also my like personal manager, rather than the manager that owns my whole company, like she was the one that was going to call me. And then I get a phone call from like the head of our company and I thought, well, this is great. I've not got it. So I picked up and and he actually played that I hadn't got it. He was like, That's oh, so I'm so, <laughs> yeah, I know. He was like, so I just thought I would call you rather than Rebecca just to let you know because, you know, it's quite a big deal. Like, I'm really sorry to let you know. And then it's like, but you're on Strictly. Oh my God, the way that I cried was like... <laughs> Crazy. So then I did the same thing to my family, pretended I didn't get it. What was the audition like? Like, what did you have to do for the Strictly audition? Um, well, there was actually two auditions. One, you had to dance with the pro dancer. I got Graziano and he's the nicest guy ever, but he's so tall. And I was just thinking, oh my God, like, this is, this is really like quite scary and intimidating. Like, oh my God. So I had to dance with him for like 45 minutes and just do whatever he made up. So that was like one of the auditions. I was the the youngest contestant they'd ever right. had. So I was like, I have a lot to prove mm. that I can do this sort of thing, yeah. The second audition was with three people that was there, like the, the cast and director and then the head and whatever else. And it was honestly just like a really in-depth interview um, about my life and then also why I'd want to go on the show. Just normal Strictly questions, which thankfully I could answer because I was a fan of the show. Like, what was your favourite dance? Who who? And a lot of it was... Who would you want? And so that, at that point, obviously, that is a huge career changing thing to land. Mm -hmm. Did you have any thoughts about, I guess, when it was coming up to the point that it was airing about how much that would change your career? Obviously for the better, but also I can imagine a lot more negative attention as well. So I was terrified before I got announced, mm. not really for the fact that it was like going to change my life or anything like that for good or bad, because I think I always thought that's what I would do. I, at least I like to believe it so that, you know, hopefully I yeah. get there. I think it absolutely terrified me because influencers have the worst stigma, the worst name for ourselves. And back then there wasn't really many people doing it. And so I was just terrified as to how people were gonna act and respond to me going on the show. It's crazy because like, even when I get opportunities to this day, I get so excited about them. And then I'm like, great. And then here comes all the trolling and all of this. And it's, it's actually really sad because like I get good news and then I'm like, great, but now I'm going to get so much hate. There was a lot of that. Like there was a lot of people that was like, she doesn't deserve to go on the show. Like YouTubers shouldn't be on shows like this and blah, blah, blah. I guess it's more normal now, but even still like a YouTuber going on mainstream is still going to get like a lot of crap. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's the thing that I was terrified of and I know why, because I got so much hate, yeah. so yeah. And how did you deal with all the hate? I think I was just really lucky with the support system I had around me. And also, I think it just, again, drove me to prove myself. And also, I knew that all these people that were giving me hate, although, yeah, there might have been people that watched my channel, it was mainly from the people that didn't watch me, so didn't know me as a person. And I think I thought, okay, well, it's a live show, so all I want to do is get across my personality and who I yeah. am. And so... 
aside from my job, people could hopefully like me for me because I mm -hmm. like to think that I'm a good person. So if anything, I think it just drove me to work hard and I think prove people wrong. Mm. Do you feel like throughout the process that you were doing Strictly, do you feel like you did prove people wrong? Uh, I like to think so, yeah. I mean, now I look back at that and I think, oh, so young. Mm. But like, obviously at the time I didn't feel like it. But yeah, I, I definitely like to think so, so. Mm. And how much did your life change from that point of going on Strictly? Absolutely massively, um, because obviously before it was people my age that would watch me, whereas now like, you know, people my age would come up to me, but also some of their parents and their grandparents. And like, that was just crazy. Also, I had never like been papped before. Mm. There was actually paps going through our outside bins at the time to like try and dig up dirt. And like, I would have people knocking on my family members' doors, like cousins and stuff like that, to like try and get information, to sell information on me. So at the time, like it was so intense. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, although it has changed my life because, you know, I'm seen as, you know, in the mainstream media and I've had so many other TV shows from it, which is amazing. Mm. It doesn't feel like it's changed my life that much. You know, I mm. still feel like I'm doing the same thing I was then, which is really nice. Mm. Um, but like, yeah, at the time it was just mental. Yeah. And how did you deal with that in terms of the press? And like, I'm sure there were some stories. I'm sure there were some that weren't true. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. You know, how did you feel when those types of stories came out? Yes, there definitely were some stories that were completely made up. Like you said, yeah. anyone can make up anything, right? Right. And there were stories that were sold on me that were completely made mm. up. And I didn't deal with them well at all. Mm. Like I was an emotional wreck because how can you like prove something like how can you prove that something's fake and I was constantly having to do that whilst training every day and I was training 10 12 hours a day and you know my heart should have been on the training but then mm. also like people were doing anything they could to try and sell stories on me like I even remember and I will never forget this there mm. was a bully at my school and she was absolutely vile like mm. I mean every single person in our school was terrified of her. Like she'd beat people up. I remember like she wrote this whole thing, like Saffron was a bully in school, blah, blah, blah. And like every single person that knew me was like, oh my God, how dare she? Cause also at the time in school, like I was the only girl that would ever stick up to her. But there was this one point she was beating this little kid up in a corridor. And I was like the only person that like had stopped her. And so she just obviously held it, like held that against me. And so when she thought, all right, I can have my moment and sell something on her, she decided out of anything to make out that I was a bully, which is the last thing I would ever be in my life. That was really hard. I didn't deal with it well. Uh, but thankfully, I had an amazing team around me that eventually got it out the papers, but it still was there. Mm, yeah. So that was still really hard to deal with. And how have you improved, I guess, dealing with those things? Like when you see them pop up, you see them come in, I'm sure they have the capacity to ruin your entire day or week mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. How do you deal with the hate, I guess, in that way now? Honestly, just block it out because all these people that are giving you hate genuinely just want it for attention and likes and retweets. And I think the really sad thing about social media nowadays is if you make a negative video about someone, or even if I made a video where I'm crying versus where I'm really happy, well, the one that's gonna get more views is the one that I'm crying. Just like if you make a video saying so-and-so is a horrible person rather than so-and-so is a really nice person. Like, you know which ones, the negative is always gonna get more views. Mm -hmm. Cancel culture and that whole thing is just so big right now because it literally is just getting someone popular for a day. And it's it's really sad. I've just learned to not respond, not comment on it and just block it out, which mm. is obviously easier said than done. What are you 
currently manifesting what do you see for yourself I guess as your kind of big goal your future Mm -hmm. well I've always wanted to be an actress and so I've just been really working on that I think that's one of my biggest goals at the moment just because it's something I've always enjoyed always kind of done like you know when I was younger I would always go to acting classes and stuff and so even when I started YouTube I was doing skits like acting videos so I feel like it's always been there but I've never really had the time to like focus on it so I Mm. think that's definitely something that's like like a huge goal of mine my dream in life like this is you know future hopefully would be to like live half my life in the US and half my life here that would be like a massive dream of mine so I live in Brighton but I also live like in the countryside I don't know I still love home like I think I'd love to go to the US because I love that whole like busy lifestyle um, and also I'd love to go there for my career. There's so much happening, but also I always want to run back to home and I could never be away from my parents and my grandparents and my nieces and my nephew. Like, I just love my family too much. So as much as I'd love to do that, I just don't think I'd be able to do that. Also, I'm very independent, but I don't think like living alone in another country, like mm. I just don't think I would enjoy it mm. really. So yeah. Oh, well, thank you so, so much for coming and speaking to me today. I have loved hearing all about your story. um, And I also can't wait to see where you go. Thank you. I need manifesting tips. (laughs) I know, I know. But I always, I do feel like it is really important. Just like those big ones. It's so easy and satisfying just to put down like the quick ones. Like it's much easier to do that and to be able to kind of like take them off quicker, feel like you're progressing. But actually without those like North Star, like big ones where you're just really like... Mm -hmm. aiming towards in that way I think it's hard to you know even know what the little ones should be you do have to have I think as well people think that like manifesting is like praying every night before you go to bed like I'm gonna make this happen I'm gonna make this happen when it's not really that I think it's just yeah having your goals so clear and then figuring out how you want to get there Mm. really it's just a way to to you really have to see your end goal right to Mm. see if it's like to make it so I think that's really what manifestation is isn't it so Yeah, Yeah, but small goals to get there. Amazing. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.